Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. These fast fashion brand hauls need to stop, especially Sheen. Sheen is like probably the worst for it. And I just think like use your money wisely. It's just a very fast paced of life. Like anyone will tell you that living in London, like it's just very full on. So like all these people are saying to me, like, you have such a nice British accent. And like, I've never heard that before. It's so funny. Hi everyone, welcome back to this podcast, welcome to this week's episode. I hope you're all having a good morning or afternoon. This week I am joined with my old school friend Eloise, oh my gosh, Eloise (laughs) Um, I've never struggled with that before, (laughs) except today. So Eloise, would you like to tell us what you're getting up to right now? What are you studying? Yeah, so hi everyone. I'm Eloise. I'm studying fashion design at Montfort Uni and I'm currently finished my second year and on my placement year. So pretty much just started. I started in August. Obviously, like we're filming this like end of September. So I've kind of been doing it for like just over a month now. So kind of settled in and yeah, enjoying it. So yeah. Really interesting. So please, could you tell us more about your degree course? So it's fashion design BA honours. So there's quite a lot of different fashion degrees. So you can do like contour, which is like focusing. They all focus on different things, really. So contour is like a focus on like underwear and like the contours of the body, like swimwear, that sort of thing. You can do fashion textiles, which is focusing on like the textiles of the material and like knit and that sort of thing and then I'm doing fashion design which pretty much encompasses like everything so you get to learn that's why I picked it you get to learn like a bit of everything so that obviously when you go into your future career um, you can specialize more and like even for a master's like you can specialize and that kind of thing so yeah we pretty much do a bit of everything really. Sounds like it's quite a broad course. Um, Yeah definitely. Was there a lot of options 
of different universities that do this degree course fashion design or was it quite limited yeah so I'd say most universities do fashion design it's normally the other courses the more specialized courses that universities don't do so I know that DeMont University the university I go to is one of the only unis also with London College of Fashion they're the only two unis in the UK that do contour as a separate BA course so you can only go to those two unis if you wanted to do that but most unis do fashion design so like Nottingham Trent like most Midlands unis and then obviously the London unis like London College of Fashion and Central St Martins they kind of do those as well yeah that's interesting because I didn't know that yeah do you remember at what point you thought okay I want to be studying fashion design um so I've always really loved fashion ever since I don't know like my whole life since a young age I think it was probably well I chose textiles for my GCSE so that was like year did we choose our GCSEs year nine and then start year 10 yeah so I think obviously starting that year 10 I kind of found the passion of because before that I'd done like a bit of sewing and stuff like that but I never really made like whole garments until I made like my GCSE sort of like two that's why I made a tutu for my project and yeah I think I really just loved sort of doing it as a subject rather than just kind of doing it as a hobby I've always loved fashion and just like everything that it encompasses so I feel like really important when you're choosing your degree if it was something like you said like a hobby before then you're going to be really passionate about it and interested about yeah so it's been two years which is quite a long time yeah do you remember how your modules were split so in first year like how many modules did you have on second year Yeah, so obviously our first year was COVID, so it was a bit different because we weren't in very much and we didn't actually... So normally you would make like a full garment in first year, but because of them obviously prioritising the third years, so in like a fashion design degree, you have obviously first year, second year, third year, and in third year, that's when you make your full collection. So obviously the third years are always prioritised because they have to have the most studio time to use the sewing machines, to use like all the machinery in there um so yeah normally we would have been in like pretty much nine to five every single day like fashion is absolutely crazy we weren't in very much at all in first year purely just because of covid so we did a lot of our lectures um on zoom basically so yeah and then we just our course is all coursework so we don't have exams we just have our modules so for each module we make like a garment and then we have like a project sort of surrounding that and yeah that's how it works so I think we had did we have three yeah we had three in first year and then four in second year okay and did you have a lot of free reign with those three or did everyone have to do those three modules no so everyone has to do those three modules but you can kind of so for each module um you have like a concept of what your um project is going to be about basically so you can decide say if you wanted so one of mine I did my concept was closing the racial pay gap so you kind of get to choose what you want your project to be about really so you obviously find like your imagery and everything and then you can use that to sort of your inspiration to start off your project start off your designing start off your stand work look into the history that kind of thing okay so it's like really heavily coursework based yeah 
with your projects and um how accessible is it for you to go into the studio like is there certain hours that you're allowed to go in, go in so there? it's pretty much open all the time I'd say like 24 7 yeah it used to be open a lot longer before covid i think now it's open again so it used to be open till like three this was like 2019 so when i went and looked around because i remember they were like if you ever come back from a night out you just want to pop into the studio like you can do um and then they kind of stopped that when i was in first year because of covid but now i think you can pretty much i know obviously last year you could go in until i think it was like nine so you could go in from like half eight till nine so yeah i'm pretty sure that it might be longer now this year they might have reopened it again so yeah find it like so interesting that you have like this space because that's so different and unique to, to you. it is isn't it to like other courses like I know my friends like a lot of them that are doing more exam based degrees like they pretty much do all of their time either in lecture theatres or like on zoom or teams whereas like we have this studio that's like basically where we live and that's like I say like every fashion course is the same mm. so yeah interesting so thank you for telling us about what you're studying but now excitingly you have moved to London because you are on your placement year so would you have (laughs) would you mind telling us who you're going to be working with yep so I'm working for Jenny Packham so she is a bridal and evening wear designer she's obviously based in London she has her shop and her studio in London so I'm basically I have a sampling internship so I'm helping out with finishing the dresses delivering dresses to clients a bit of everything really like whatever they need around the studio that's what like us as the interns kind of do really um so yeah we do a lot of like cutting of the dresses um so the patterns already come like they she got jenny obviously designs and then the patterns are made and printed out and we pin the patterns onto the material and then cut out the dresses so yeah that's exciting because bridal dresses bridesmaid dresses they're just incredible I mean do you feel the pressure when you're working on these garments oh my god 100% so we what I've done like mostly so far is evening wear because Jenny's just had her spring summer collection 2023 collection that's what we've been working on at the moment so that's obviously due to come out so I think just like the price of the dresses and also just the intricate details as well you do really feel the pressure 100% to just get everything right and there's like a certain way that you have to do everything and I think when I first went in like I found it so daunting because I was like oh my god like I need to get this right and it's because it's someone else's like it's not just your work it's someone else's company you're like right this is like me doing this like I've got to do it right because you know these these pieces are coming directly from the designer um yeah I'm I'm not too good with stress but how are you working sort of under this pressure So I think you get used to it. So like I was saying, when I first went in, like I did find that quite daunting and like, you know, you kind of think, oh my God, like I've got to get this right and everything. But you, the thing is you learn so quickly. And I think when you first go in, it's like you get a whole load of new information. It's like starting anything new, but yeah, you adapt and you learn and you learn the ways as well that they do everything. And I think after time, you kind of get used to it and it's like, right. And like the thing is as well, like, interns are starting so 
I was one of the first to start there. Um, so we've had a few other new people like come in, new interns come in. So like I've kind of had to show them how to do things as well, which has really helped because then it's like me teaching them and being like, right, well, I do actually know how to do this because now I'm showing someone else how to do it. So yeah. confidence to be secure in knowing what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm really interested, but would you mind telling us what your basically weekly schedule would look like? Yeah, so it's very full on. It's pretty much 9.30 till 5 every day, although at the moment last week we were kind of leading up to a photo shoot. So there was a few days last week where it's pretty much like living in the studio. So kind of staying till like 8.39 sometimes. A lot of people stay later as well. Um, but it's kind of how it is like even when I was at uni and like finishing our garments there like we'd be in the studios at uni till like nine literally till when they shut like like the security would come in and be like guys you've got to go now like <laughs> the fashion students like you've got to <laughs> but yeah so yeah it is very full-on it's very long hours but it's worth it like when you get everything done and you see what you've achieved it's like wow you know okay And how are you dealing with breaks and food and stuff? So we have an hour lunch break. Um, So everyone kind of just goes, we have a kitchen at work. So everyone, you can kind of go and get like tea and coffee whenever you want throughout the day. Um, But yeah, we have the kitchen. So everyone goes in there at lunch, kind of eats their lunch together. Like we have a bit of a chat. So yeah, we do have that time to kind of chill and sit down and yeah. Because you are in the same space for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And, like, a lot of the time as well, when we're cutting, we're standing up. Mm -hmm. So, like, we could be standing up for, like, four or five hours. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. In terms of the space and the environment, is it a nice place to work? Whereabouts in London is it? Yeah, so it's kind of North London. So, yeah, it is a really nice space. It's kind of, obviously, like, North London, a bit out of the city, Um, and it's really big studios as well. So, yeah, there's, like, everything in there. So... Obviously, the sampling team is, like, a separate department to, like, you know, the management and, like... So, like, every part of the business is in the same building. Okay. Um, but we have, like, our separate areas. So you can kind of, like, go down to the different places. But, yeah, and then you have, like, the offices, like, above, basically, and they kind of do, like, the admin and everything for the company. So, yeah, it kind of gives you an insight into, like, oh. the whole company and how they work. So, yeah. I mean, me personally, I've never really seen that before. You know, you're normally just part of one small section or something when you're doing part-time work. But um, yeah. so cool that you get to see basically the bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. And the next question that I wanted to ask you was, how are you finding living, working in London? So I'm really enjoying it. It's something that I've always wanted to do. It is a big change from, like, living in the Midlands, you know. And I <laughs> <laughs> it's this whole kind of thing. yeah it's funny isn't it because like when I came down here I've obviously like lived in the Midlands my whole life and like even my accent and stuff it's funny but like all these people are saying to me like you have such a nice British accent and like I've never heard that before it's so funny like I bet you've had that as well like being abroad it's yeah. hilarious isn't it when people will come up to you and be like I love your accent and you're like I've never heard this in my life like because like where we're from everyone sounds like us like it just to me it's just, do, they sound the same yeah and for people to be like wow it's amazing it's like I honestly are we listening to the same thing because my voice is not what you're saying <laughs> I know it's so funny so yeah I'm really enjoying it it's very different to the Midlands that's what I was saying very very busy 24 7 you can get a tube like pretty much any hour of the day 
they're so quick like it's just a very fast paced of life like anyone will tell you that living in London like it's just very full-on and it's like you know it's kind of nice to have that downtime like today to just you know be at home and stuff because it's like every single day it's like rushing and kind of getting to places and yeah so definitely a change of lifestyle realistically yeah in terms of the pace of life and everything it's interesting as well to go from like living in Leicester to living in London and seeing how like the cities differ. It's like there is so there's just everything in London. Like there is anything you could ever want. Like you know restaurants, clubs, like things to do, just art galleries, fashion shops, everything. Basically, yeah. like living abroad, really. Yeah, like, it is really. I mean, it's just where everyone wants to be. Like, and for you to be there, I just think is amazing. You know, you've done oh, it, made the move. <laughs> um, how did you basically find your placement? So, I had a lot of trouble, like other people this year. So, I think it was partly because of COVID. Um, so, most unis will send out like placements that are advertised to students, like through email and stuff. So, De Montfort do that. Um, but also you kind of have to go and look for them yourself because um, say if, if it kind of depends so in fashion there's a few different type of placements you can do you can do high street placements which is like H&M next that sort of thing you can do high-end placements which are the designers so you've got like Jenny Packham um, other designers like Victoria Beckham that kind of thing um so yeah it kind of depends what you want to go into and what your views well I mean you can also do fast fashion placements as well so like Boohoo and PLT and that kind of thing but it does depend you know what you want to go into what your views on these companies are and kind of what you want to do in the future as well so I've always known pretty much since I've gone into fashion I want to go into high end it's just what I'm most interested in evening wear bridal that kind of thing like I love the intricacy of the garments so I kind of knew I always wanted to go into that. Um, but the thing is, with most high-end placements, because you're getting that brand name on your CV, they're not paid. So you've got to find another way to earn your money like while you're in that city. Whereas with the high street placements, most of the time you do get paid. So yeah, another girl I know from uni is doing a placement at Primark. So she's in Dublin at the moment and she's getting like, I think it's 20 grand. Whereas obviously me being in London, it's like a whole different thing. So I've got another friend who's doing a placement in London as well. Um, but yeah, we are obviously, because we're doing it for these um, high-end companies um they are unpaid placements so we've obviously both got jobs on the side to help with that really yeah. yeah at the same time you you know once you have that brand on your cv no one can take that away from you it's just exactly and it's worth it this is the thing like it's going to help you in the future because it looks amazing it's like wow like yeah. you know harrods like places like that stock jenny packham it's like to me, like, that is something that I find incredible because, like, my whole life I've been going into these stores and, like, wow, one day, like, you know, I hope, like, my dresses are in here and, like, now working for someone whose dresses, like, are in stores like that, like, I just think, wow, like, incredible. you know, it kind of, I feel proud of myself for that, yeah. Definitely. And you're working hard to make, to, you know, to make this dream come true and yeah. the thing is, it's not like this is the start of your career because you're still studying, you know, after this placement, you're going to be going back, aren't you, to... Yeah, my third year. So it's not like this is you set now permanently. It's all about 
getting this on your CV and seeing how one of these designer brands basically works. Yeah, and like any experience is good experience at the end of the day. But yeah, getting this high-end experience like in what I want to do is just, <clears throat> it's just going to help me so much. So yeah. Definitely. Okay, so as you've mentioned, your other friends working for different brands, you know, fast fashion brands, this leads us on to what you wanted to talk about today, fast fashion influencers, specifically how they work for brands um, on social media, which has basically become a staple, hasn't it, in the last few years? Yeah, 100%. I think with, like, the rise of TV shows like Love Island and any sort of, like, reality shows these days, like, it's really funny because I think back to when we were younger, we were in, like, year right when we first met and it's like everyone got their clothes from like Topshop like Topshop was the place and it was like the Joni jeans and like that was the fashion but it's like it seemed I'd say probably since we were in like year 10 year 11 these brands like PLT Boohoo that's when they kind of started to arise get popular and it was like a whole switch like from kind of like the high street shops, the new look, the top shop that like teenagers used to shop in. Because obviously most of their, like who they're selling to fast fashion brands is teenagers. People from, I'd say like the ages of 11 to into their like mid twenties, but they are their target audience really. Hence why promoting through shows like Love Island, reality TV shows, because that is what, you know, that audience is going to watch. But yeah, I'd say probably from when we were in like, year 10 year 11 that's when these brands you know started to like get popular really but I think if any anyone's ever ordered from like boohoo plt you see the quality of their clothes and I think when you really look into it and you see how they're made it's like you kind of just realize I think I never shame anyone from shopping fast fashion because I know for a lot of people, you know, they're not going to have that disposable income to shop from designers all the time, to shop from slow fashion brands, because obviously, because it's taking longer, they are more expensive. So it's like, if you have that disposable income to afford to shop from slower, slower fashion brands, do it. But yeah, like I said, I never shame anyone that shops from them. But personally, I know I have that choice to not shop from them. And that's what I've decided to do. And I don't agree with their morals and ethics. And I think, so seeing, like you were saying, going on from that, seeing these influencers from these shows kind of promoting that and using their popularity, like coming off these shows, you know, it's something that I think really needs, a big change needs to happen. Um, so you have had you have had a few people like I say Tasha this year coming off Love Island. She's obviously partnered with eBay, which is really amazing to see. So that's obviously clothes that have already been pre-worn, pre-loved, that whole kind of thing. So yeah, that's really amazing to see. And there are some people that are making a difference, but I think you know there still is that element of a lot of influencers promoting these fast fashion brands and like I said it's just it's just not right like I've talked about the morals and ethics of the companies and like promoting that to you know like not even adults like young teenagers and yeah when they I think a lot of the time as well people don't really know what they're buying so like we always talk about this like in my course and like even on the placement as well 
Um, so like my friends in fashion were saying like, I think why so many people do still buy from these brands is because they don't know the behind the scenes of what happens. And it's almost like, oh, you know, like that dress is like five pound. I need a new dress for a night out. Oh, I'm just going to go and buy that rather than like, oh, I've actually already got this dress, which is good quality. I bought it for like 40 pounds. I'll just wear that like five times, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... Yeah, you're right. These influencers just hold so much power over the public. And so when they're promoting, even when they're promoting designer outfits, the public can't afford that. So they're going to buy the cheaper alternatives, which are bad brands like because they're not sustainable. Um, Do you have maybe an example of an influencer that we might all know that does promote fast fashion or stuff like that? Because I know you've mentioned Tasha is actually partnering with eBay, but is there anyone else maybe from Love Island or Molly May springs to mind? <laughs> yeah, so Thanks. I think obviously Molly May is like the number one. Now, Molly May, obviously, she's had a lot of controversy around her. I quite like Molly May, but I don't agree with the business decisions she's made. So if I was her, what, what my plans are for my future business. So Molly May went to FRA, which is the Fashion Retail Academy. So she does have a background in fashion. It's not like she's gone into this. So a lot of people I'd say, as far as I know, like Gemma Owen and like India and girls like that, they don't have a background in fashion. They've just purely got these deals from PLT because they were on Love Island. Whereas Molly May did have a background in fashion from the Fashion Retail Academy, which she attended. (laughs) This is the thing. So she obviously went on Love Island, got her fame. She was doing influencing before that on Instagram. She obviously got her fame, her popularity from going on Love Island. And personally, I think she partnered with... A brand which I understand why she made those decisions and it's a great opportunity for her. But I think if I was her and I was going to partner with a brand like that, I would have tried to do a lot more Mm. to help their sustainability and payment of their garment workers, that type of thing. So I've seen like a lot of posts on Instagram as well. Obviously, you know, back like... Um, when was it that she got her creative director role? It was quite a while ago, but yeah, when she obviously got that role, there was a lot of posts on Instagram kind of saying, you know, like, she's not, she's, what is she going to do for, like, the company? What's she going to do for the workers? That kind of thing. Um, And as far as I know, I mean, I don't think she's made the biggest impact. Everyone's like, oh, girl boss, that type of thing. But it's like, you know, if you're the people that work for you, your garment like manufacturers, if they're not getting a fair pay, to me, that's not right. And that's not something to kind of be proud of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know that much, but I'm, I remember watching one of her YouTube videos with her, with her managers. And basically from what I saw from that video, mm-hmm. it's more about her personal economic goals, basically. You know, she wanted a new house, a new car. And maybe, yeah. I don't know if it's changed now, but, certainly in the past it wasn't about the bigger picture it wasn't about sustainable fashion it was more just you know we're all looking out for each other but very individualistic what can I do to earn me the most money basically yeah yeah I think I don't know it's a hard one and I think it's not just her there's so many other people that have partnered with these fast fashion brands and like you see why like they're literally you go on the tube in London the posters for PLT the posters for Boohoo are plastered everywhere like the advertising is crazy 
But I think the future of where fast fashion brands are going, I think the more that people realise the ethics behind them, the morals behind them, how bad they are. And also, just as well, personally for me, getting a piece of clothing that's not going to last me, you know, like I could wear it once and then throw it in the bin. I wouldn't want to waste my money on that. I I know people like buying like cheap outfits and stuff for nights out, but I'd rather save up and buy a more expensive outfit and then have it last longer so I think even from that like perspective is fast fashion really gonna you know endure the test of time I don't know I don't think it does you know you we wear these they go in the wash a couple of times and then they're not really fit to wear so yeah you might as well have waited like you said and bought something um which is a much better quality and will last you longer um remember like when like we were 12 and I was buying stuff from like new look and everything and Genuinely, like, after a couple of washes, it would just fall apart. Like, I remember, like, the top was just... Yeah. Um, so, this is quite a big question, but is there any brands that you know that you would recommend people to shop at more if they were thinking of maybe switching from, basically, Primark, Shein... Um, yeah. ..to more sustainable brands? So, a lot of them at the moment are... I'd say there are a few brands that are kind of, like you know you can order off the internet and that kind of thing but a lot of them I'd say like are in London so there's a brand that I I've kind of just discovered actually it's called Kin and it's an amazing brand so they've got a bit of everything in there really but they take old like Levi's jeans that type of thing and turn them into like skirts like different things and they'll like change the sizes of them so like you can see like I have a picture of the label actually I'll just get it up so it was like this it says on the label it was like these this skirt was originally like a men's pair of jeans um yeah so it says I have been remade from vintage materials I am now a waist it says like the waist size like a 23 so it's like I think that's incredible like having something that you know belonged to someone else even like like menswear and turning it into women's wear it's like yeah that's the best way that you can kind of like recycle up clothes and like I think a lot of brands could learn from that and like it's still fashionable as well I think there's a whole thing with like slow fashion where people are like oh like I'd never wear it because it's just ugly and like that type of thing but you can make slow fashion fashionable it's just how you do it and it's just the designers behind it it's just the ideas yeah it's just it's just the brand name isn't it but it's a lot more impressive that these people are this brand that you just found is a kin. Kin, yeah. But they're turning, transforming garments. Like, I feel like maybe potentially it's easier to, you know, start a garment from scratch with, you know, maybe not the best materials rather than to, like, take something and think, right, how am I going to completely turn it around? I mean, from men's jeans to a woman's skirt, I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there is a few other brands as well that I'd say, you know, are kind of like following in their footsteps doing the same kind of thing but I don't think they're publicized enough you see this advertising of like Boohoo and PLT and everyone knows what they are but it's these smaller brands that really are making a difference that actually do deserve that publicity because they are the ones that like if people knew about them and the thing is with Kin as well it's still a good price range it's not you know because you do get so have you ever heard of House of Sunny? No, I 
Yeah, so they kind of do. They have a different, like, structure to their business. Um, but they... So, you know, if you go on, like, PLT, there is hundreds of different styles of dresses, colours, that kind of thing. So House of Sunny have, I'd say, maybe, like, five or six colours of dresses, five or six different styles, um, which are all amazing, by the way. But they only sell those five dresses on their website. So it's, like, the material that they buy you know, the patterns that they use, they're only having to buy, like, I don't know, like, five rolls of material or whatever because they're only making um, those five different types of dresses. Um, But obviously, you know, like, you know, anyone can buy those. Um, But the thing is with House of Sunny, it is still quite a high price range. And like I said, realistically, not everyone is going to be able to afford that. So this is why people do go for those fast fashion companies because they are cheaper. Mm. Um, But yeah, with Kin, I'd say they're pretty affordable price range and they're also um, sustainable. So what more can you want? Yeah, (laughs) win-win. For me, one brand really comes to mind, but it's in activewear and that's Grace Beverly's, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Tala, I think. I've heard of that, but I don't know very much about that brand. Yeah, I think it's just similar to what you said. I got one, I got a piece of clothing and then it says it's all 100% recycled materials and it basically tells you which materials it's come from. Yeah. Um, and it is more expensive. Gym shorts, I don't know, maybe 30 to 50 pounds or something. But yeah. then you know what you're paying for. You're paying for making sure the workers aren't being abused, that they're using sustainable materials, or basically reversing any of the consequences of buying from fast fashion. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the brands that sticks in mind, but it is activewear. I feel like I'm so glad that you gave me two recommendations because I need to know more basically sustainable brands, but in more every day and going out. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like I said, so a lot of the sustainable brands are quite niche and are based in London and aren't... So, like, you know, where we live in the Midlands, like, when you go to... (laughs) The Midlands, yeah. When you go to, like, a shopping centre, you will have the high street brands. That's the thing. And it's, like, what I would love to see in the future is these brands have more publicity so then they could open stores, you know, all across the country rather than just in London, you know? So franchise more. Yeah, but this maybe is more of a role for like the marketing team. Yeah, and Jenny Packins, obviously a new brand that I've heard of. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think you could tell us more about these awful the environmental consequences of fast fashion consumption? Yeah. So the main problems with fast fashion, fast fashion are all the dyes that are going into the garments. Um, so obviously, them ending up, you know, in our water in landfill and then obviously all the material um that's not being recycled not being reused which is obviously ending up in landfill as well um and it's the thing is as well so you know obviously material is made from fibers so natural fibers come from silk um wool that type of thing most clothes that we buy today are mixed with synthetic synthetic fibers which are obviously scientifically made um that's just because these natural fibers sometimes aren't the softest or are very expensive because they come from you know like straight from the animal like wool that kind of thing obviously silk is so expensive because like the silk like where you get silk from is like the silk worms and like the amount that you'd have to produce to make a whole dress like it's going to cost like hundreds and thousands because 
you get so little. Obviously, um, natural fibres are biodegradable, so they're not going to affect, you know, they're not going to go into landfill. They can, um, what's the word, like... Uh, Decompose, yeah. Decompose, whereas obviously synthetic fibres, which are scientifically made, can't, and that's the whole problem with... So obviously it's not just fast fashion brands that do use synthetic fibres. You do get that in quite a lot of brands, but with fast fashion brands they have the most synthetically made fabric the most non-decomposable fabric out of you know any sort of brand and that's the problem and also the fact that they're producing so much of it as well so like I said you know um PLT will have hundreds of different styles of dresses hundreds of different different colors and it's like all most of that like I said people wear it a few times and then they'll throw it away because either the quality is not good or, you know, it's ripped, that kind of thing. And it's like, well, where is that going then after you've thrown that away? Yeah, it's just going in landfill. I mean, exactly. I've seen videos of all of, like, all the clothes dumped in, you know, different countries like Chile and India and it's just... It's just crazy. Um, like like you said, like where are these clothes going and why do people stop wearing them after a few times as well? Basically, they also are just going out of fashion, but... To have yeah. that, that amount of garments on a website, it's, it's overwhelming for the consumer as well. Like, I'd much rather look on House of Sunny and see those, you know, five or six different styles and shop from there because you don't need loads of different styles and they're very, like, they're similar. Like, there's, there's no need. Yeah. Well, this is the thing as well. That's another big thing. I forgot to mention that, actually. Style and trends is probably the biggest um, cause of fast fashion purely just because you'll see and I think the thing is like TikTok has really not helped this at all so you know like the algorithms and stuff so like on Instagram you used to see like I don't know like one outfit or like a few outfits because you could like scroll through the post but on TikTok you'll see these people doing like these hauls sheen hauls that kind of thing and it's like you're promoting to people to buy these clothes showing them the styles and the trends and it's like they don't know, like we said, I think why a lot of people do still buy from these brands is because they don't know the morals behind it. And especially like young, younger kids and teenagers as well. They're then seeing this on TikTok and thinking, oh my God, like I love that top. I'm going to buy that. Oh, it's really cheap as well. Like that kind of thing. And like there is thousands of like Sheen hauls, PLT hauls, Boohoo hauls that you see on Instagram. Disgusting there, isn't it? Not Instagram, TikTok, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So the power of these social media apps in influencing is just crazy, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think there's good ways that you can use it, don't get me wrong. But I do think, like, these fast fashion brand hauls need to stop, especially Sheen. Sheen is, like, probably the worst for it. Oh, it's really awful. Yeah. When people are like, oh, I just bought this top for £4, and you're just like... Yeah, it's like, do you really understand how that's been made? Like, girl, come on. <laughs> it might be the cheapest alternative but you can't you can't keep shopping like that really yeah and it's like realistically what I really don't agree with is these people that will buy like 400 pounds worth of clothes from Sheen and it's like you could have used that 400 pounds to buy like a few good quality items from a sustainable brand and I just think like use your money wisely do you think for you personally it's been hard to sort of switch to leaving fast fashion brands and shopping more sustainable are there people around you also doing this has it been quite hard to sort of 
leave that. I mean, I will say now I don't 100% sustainably, like, buy all my clothes from Slow Fashion. I just try, because obviously I'm still a student, I'm still young, but I try to, where I can, buy from slower fashion brands for all these reasons I've said and purely just because I prefer the clothes more as well and I know they're going to last longer I'm 100% for that um but yeah I think a lot of the time like you know people our age will always talk about like oh I'm gonna go buy this from PLT and it's like oh where's your dress from PLT that kind of thing and it's like like I said like I'd never tell anyone not to buy from them because I understand that you know not everyone is in that position to completely cut them out. And I don't think many people are, but it's just about where you can trying, you know, to not buy from them. Like I said, like I'm still a student, I'm still young, but yeah, I don't buy from PLT. I don't buy from Boohoo. I don't buy from any brands like that, but I still do buy from a few high street brands just because, you know, I can't afford, like I said, to 100% buy slow fashion. No, it's more, you know, it's good advice though. Like it's more of an attitude and just thinking I'm not by the first thing I see. Yeah. And like I said, with that whole sheen thing as well, like, you know, say if you do get like some money for Christmas, like a big amount like that, think about where you're going to spend it. Think about how long it's going to last as well. Like, do you really want to spend your money on something that's not going to last? Or do you want to spend it on something that, you know, maybe a few less items, but they are going to last so much longer? more like basics that you can switch and accessorize I think it's all about just it's not just this one item it's like how you can make a whole outfit yeah exactly um so you've briefly just mentioned that you know you'd talk about maybe having your own brand in the future would you mind telling us more about any of your personal goals that you have for the future any long-term plans yeah so my kind of long-term goal is to one day have my own label um I'd love to do so part of the reason why I'm like so grateful that I did get this placement at Jenny Packer is because I've always thought about going into like evening wear um it's just something that I'm very interested in and like I said I've always wanted to go into high end as well um I love the intricacy of the garments and just yeah like the different materials and everything like that is just something that I love. Um, so yeah, that's my long-term goal. But for now, after I graduate uni, obviously I've got my placement year this year, then I'll go back for third year next year. Um, but after that, I just want to work for a few different companies. I want to travel, kind of see where it takes me, like get experience from different brands, see how they run their companies, you know, kind of get inspiration for maybe my future brand of like how I want to do that. And then, yeah, kind of go about, you know, how I'm going to set up my own brand one day. But I mean, it sounds like you're definitely, you know, having the experience that you need for for making your own label in the future, like seeing how a company works. And, you know, it's it's still early days right now, isn't it? You know, you're at university, but it's amazing. And I'm excited to hear that you do have some long-term goals in mind. Yeah. (laughs) amazing and this is quite a hard question but do you think as a country we should be having any goals for basically being more sustainable sustainable yeah um yeah I mean it's a hard one I think as the individual you can kind of like I said before you can do your little bits to help you can try and buy from more slow fashion brands and try and buy less fast fashion but at the end of the day it's a lot of it is up to the marketers and kind of like what people are pushing and at the moment there's still such a push on fast fashion brands so I don't think you know 
anytime soon there's going to be a major change which is very sad to hear but I think anything you can do to help you know like that's going to impact the future and you know kind of what happens and stuff and the thing is there will be a stage as well where you know like even with like cars now I know it's like kind of a different thing but you know they're saying that like I think it's by is it 2025 that they're not going to sell any more diesel or petrol cars it's going to be like you can obviously still drive them um but you know they're going to try and sell mostly like electric cars Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing is going to happen in fashion you know like there is going to be a point where it's like people will stop will have to stop buying from these fast fashion brands and will have to recycle and reuse their clothes more and buy from slower fashion brands purely just environmental reasons because of environmental reasons yeah i mean unfortunately yeah it's not going to be a quick quick change but change yeah would it be if say our children the next generation as part of them growing up went thrift shopping went to charity shops yeah there's a big movement for that isn't there at the moment like i see so many people as well this is like a good thing on tiktok that i see like vintage thrift, thrift shopping like thrift shop hauls it's like yeah do you know what i mean like i'm all for that go and share like those pre-loved items that you've bought or even, like I said, from these slower brands, like do hauls from them. Do you know what I mean? Like promote them. That's what we need to be promoting here. Give these garments a new life and, you know, borrow from your friend's wardrobe yeah. for nights out. I'm definitely going to be doing this here because of, you know, limited number of clothes here. So, yeah. you know, you can just make it work in different ways. And mm-hmm. it's not always the easiest option, but it's the better option. It is the better option, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think that was maybe all the questions that we have time for today. Maybe just a quick one is, what kind of things do you think you're going to be looking out for this winter? Because you aren't really following the trends now that you're trying to transition to slow fashion. But what do you think you're going to be looking out for this winter in terms of garments that you would find in different ways? Is there anything that you want for your winter wardrobe? Being always a good coat is definitely like a staple and like, some the thing is as well I think like with having less items of clothing you want items that all kind of match with each other that look nice with each other so that you can still look you know fashionable um so yeah you know like I try and dress quite like Mo- I think, is that a word like you know like monochrome like I was gonna say monochrome me but I don't think that's a word um, yeah you know like black and whites and navies and like beige and that kind of thing like And I just think then you can match these different items of clothing with each other. And yeah, and like have less items of clothing. Um, I think that colour palette is very sophisticated and elegant. Whenever I look at (laughs) this thing on Instagram or something like that, I do just think you look just amazing. Yeah. Got a really good eye for what works and what looks good. So (laughs) you're already inspiring people, which is amazing. Mm. So thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been really lovely to catch up and talk to you and, you know, to learn more about this because it it should be more common knowledge outside of a degree. Yeah, definitely. And thank you too as well. I've really enjoyed talking to you today and kind of, you know, just talking about everything that I've been doing, really catching up and, yeah, informing as well. Yeah, so thank you so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.